0: The messages that I struggle most with are the ones where God is doing His thing and convicting me. I struggled with putting this message together. I've said it before, and I will say it for as long as I am a pastor, and as long as I give messages, I proclaim everything you hear to myself first. I proclaim everything you hear to myself first. And also, I am not afraid to tell you where and when I struggle. God's timing is once again impeccable, as we are now in day four of 30 days of prayer. Maybe you didn't know that. Maybe you did, but you're choosing to ignore it. Maybe you've picked up a prayer book that's been written, that's been published specifically for you and given to you as a gift, and you're fully invested three days in. Maybe you're somewhere in between. No no matter where you are, you are here with us, and, and together we're doing 30 days of prayer as a body of believers, seeking God's will for His church, not only here at LMC River Falls, but for His church worldwide. So we are praying with purpose, and living by faith. But maybe the the question that first needs to be asked is, are we? Are we praying with purpose? Are we living by faith? Or are we just going through the motions? Stuck in a rut. Praying the same repetitive, predictable, and safe prayers. If you were to do an inventory of your prayers, what would they look like? If you were to do an inventory of your prayers, what would they look like? And I ask this because I ask myself the same question. Are you praying for the same thing? Are are your prayers telling God what you want? Are your prayers telling God what you think is best for you? Are your prayers telling God what is what you think is best for, for this church? For his church? Are you praying about the same struggles and presenting the same request before God in the same way, the same time, every day? That being even if you try to pray at all. You may even know that you should pray more with more faith, but you don't know how. So the prayers remain the same safe, predictable, and dare I say, faithless. Now, understand. I'm not saying that that you or I don't have faith. That's not what I'm saying at all. But but what I am saying is that, that our prayers often tend to be empty. And yet, friends, I truly do believe that God wants more for you. He wants more for me. He wants more for His church in our prayers. The question then has to be asked, do we? Do we want more? Do we want to know him more intimately? Do do we want to cast hesitation aside to know him more in this amazing way? I can't answer for you. I can only answer for myself. But I can also tell you that when you seek to communicate with God when you seek to communicate with God in real and vulnerable prayers, he doesn't wrap up things nice and easy. Gone is the idea of what's in this for me. And it's replaced with this trust factor. Trusting him. Trusting him as we don't know what he will do next. And as we pray this week, we, we see that some days are chock full of blessings. Others are filled with challenges, struggles, persecution, and opposition. Yet every moment of prayer is filled with his presence. Every moment of prayer is filled with his love. This life that we have, it's not ours. It's his. This church is not yours. This church is not mine. It is his and since this life we have belongs to Him, and and since this church where we have the opportunity to worship, to serve, and to lead is His, shouldn't we be praying with purpose? Shouldn't we be living by faith? To pray with purpose and to live by faith means it's time to start talking to god really talking to him and and really listening to him too you open up your bible or you open up the bible app on your phone and you will see that since god created man and woman people have been praying with purpose and living by faith. Their prayers to God are honest. They're desperate. They're real. They are purposely delivered. They're purposely delivered with the intent to listen to God's response and live by faith to His will being done. Now, we need to take a moment to to pause to understand these words, live by faith. Because these words are going to be before us every week that we gather here over the next month as we work our way through Hebrews 11. So to understand these words, live by faith, in Hebrews 11, we have to go back to the letter from Paul to the Romans. Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. Listen to what Paul writes. He says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. To the Jew first, and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. So what Paul is is saying here, what what Paul is telling the Romans, what he is saying, what, what we are saying here is, is we are saying, I am not ashamed of the fact that Jesus Christ died for me. I'm not ashamed by that. That, that he and, and he alone has saved me from all my sins. That he and he alone has saved me from death. That he and he alone has saved me from the power of the devil by his death on the cross. We're also saying, I don't care what the world says. I am proud of what Christ has done for me. I am proud of what He has done for me. And the power of God is for salvation. This is where our confidence is. Because you see, the gospel is not simply words. The gospel is not simply words. A man died on a cross was laid in a tomb and rose again from the dead. That's truth. That's the gospel. They're not just words. So the Holy Spirit then works this in us. This Holy Spirit works this faith in us and brings us to salvation. How? From God through Christ. God does the work. Not us. There's no shame in saying that. So everyone who believes this gospel, this gospel that always has God's power tied to it, they and we receive its power, how? Through faith. You see, we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone. For in the righteousness of God, that is Jesus' holy status, okay? That is, Jesus' holy status is given to you. The righteousness of God, that is Jesus' holy status, is credited to your account through his death and resurrection so that we, the ones who are righteous by faith, by the work of the Holy Spirit, we shall live. And by receiving these gifts by faith through the power of the Holy Spirit, now empowered by that same Holy Spirit, we can boldly proclaim that the gospel is more than words and courageously live by faith. Like Noah. Why do we start with Noah? If you look in your booklet... If you don't have one yet, I really, really encourage you to pick one up there. They are free. Take them. We got them for you. Whether you're first time here, or last time here, whatever, take one. But, but, but why do we start with Noah as we turn to a week of praying for the church? Well, it's because Noah was um, living in a time much like ours. Things were not good. Actually, if if you know the account of the flood at all, you would say that that me merely saying things were not good is an understatement. What Genesis says, chapter 6, beginning with verse 5. The Lord saw the wickedness of man and woman. It was great in the earth, and every intention of their thoughts of their heart was only evil continually. The Lord was sorry that he made man on the earth and it grieved into his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out man from whom I have created from the face of the land, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation, and Noah walked with those last two verses are huge. While the world was going to pot everywhere, Noah found favor in the eyes of God. He found favor. That is not that he won favor. No, he, he found favor, friends. And to find favor in God's eyes means it's all about Grace. Undeserved love. If you notice the verse, the start of of verse nine. This seems to get overlooked so often with the coming of the flood. But if you if you notice the start of verse nine there in Genesis chapter 6, you see that it's actually not about the impending flood. It's not actually about the great disaster that's about to happen before all this stuff happens, the focus is in on the deliverance that God is providing. The focus is in on the deliverance that God is providing to and through Noah. God's grace freely given to Noah, to his family. Was Noah perfect? No. Duh. Was Noah not sinning? Of course he was. Yet God found favor. God showed grace to Noah. He showed mercy to his people. And not only that, Noah trusted God's promise. Noah trusted God's promise of salvation. And he lived by that covenant promise. It's a both and. God showed him this grace and Noah trusted it. He trusted this promise of salvation. So that's why the writer of Hebrews chapter 11 verse 7 states, by faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes, how? By faith. Noah, by God's grace, Had faith. Noah, by God's grace, had faith in what God was saying. He acted in faith despite the inability to see evidence of the impending disaster that God said was coming. He built an ark in dry land. He built an ark on dry land. Why? To show God respect. He was concerned with what God said, not with pleasing other people. He was listening to what God said instead of everyone else around him. He was listening to God who knew better than all the other people who said, well, this is what's best or this is what's best. He was concerned with what God said, not with what man said. So while this ark was being built, do you think Noah and his family just shut themselves off from the outside world? Do do you think that they just ignored the debauchery around them and sunk into this little world of, of building the ark? No. Scripture tells us this. They didn't just shrink away from it all. First Peter chapter 3 verse 20 tells us that God was patient during the days of the ark building. Was the ark built in a day? No way, right? So so God was patient during the days of the ark building. And all the while Noah was proclaiming to the people, what? He was proclaiming to them what God had told him. God had shared with him by faith that this impending doom was coming. They all heard it, yet they failed to hear it, and they failed to believe God's word. Day in and day out, by faith, Noah was in contact with God. God. Day in and day out by faith. Noah was in contact with God as he boldly proclaimed and lived by faith. And through this he became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. And an heir does what? Nothing. It just the heir just receives, right? So so the heir receives this inheritance. Noah received this inheritance. Noah received this salvation, not because of his obedience in the building of an ark. No, he received this inheritance, this gift of a salvation, because he believed in God. And he was given the blessings of faith. Now, following the direction and command of God, you know what that was? That was the fruit of his faith. Following the directions and the command of God, that was the fruit of his faith. So church, that's what you are. You worship here, but you're the church. We've been given a faith like Noah. From God, through Christ, Right to me, right to you. And then where? Ouch. To others. God's gift of love, God's gift of mercy, God's gift of grace in Jesus Christ given to us. How? By faith. Now, church, knowing you have been given this faith like Noah, Look out into the world. What do you see? You believers in Jesus, look out into the world. What do you see? You disciples of Christ, you who have been saved and redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, look around out into the world, and what do you see? Do you see an opportunity? I do. Do you see what we need to be praying into? I do. Do you see what God is calling us as a church to do? I do. I see hope for God, I see hope for His church. Yes, the end of all things is at hand, right? That's what we all saw. We, we, we know the end of all things is at hand, so therefore, we are to be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of our prayers. Above all things, we need to keep on loving one another, loving one another earnestly, because love covers a multitude of sins. We're to show hospitality to one another without grumbling. And as you receive a gift, which you all have, as you receive the gift, you're to use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's grace. You serve? Serve by the strength that God supplies. through it all, you you do this in order that everything, that in everything, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. You know why? For to him and him alone belongs all glory and dominion forever and ever. See what I did there? I just took our, our scripture reading. God has set this opportunity before us to call out to him in prayer, to reach out to him, to pray in faith. Pray with purpose and live by that faith. That's my prayer for you, me, for us. Would you pray with me as we close our time together? God, you hold all time and space in your hand. Keep us mindful of the time and place we live. Open our eyes to how you have called us to live in joyful, loving service to you and to our neighbor. Bless us as we use the gifts you have given us, that in all things, at all times, in all places, and with all people, your love would be displayed and your name forever praised. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. and Amen.